Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope you are all well, witches. Our book review today is House of Hollow, written by Crystal Sutherland. This is a really different read. Again, this is another strange read, a strange supernatural themed book, great for summer, linked to the Fae and the Otherworld. If you loved the book, The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert, I really think that you will like this book. This is the book's blurb. Dark, dangerous things happen around the Hollow Sisters. Ever since they disappeared as children, only to reappear a month later with no memory of what had happened to them. Odd, eerie occurrences follow in their wake. When Grey the eldest goes missing again, Iris and Vivi are left to figure out the mystery, but they aren't the only ones looking for her. As they brush against the supernatural, Iris realises that the world that returned to them 10 years ago might be calling them back, but just how much horror lies beneath the surface. This book is set in both Edinburgh and London. We meet the three sisters, Iris, Grey and Vivi, when they are in their late teens, early 20s. They are three beautiful, different looking women who have somewhat fatal effects on nearly anyone they encounter. The story is glamorous in parts. Grey, the eldest sister, she's a fashion designer. Much of her creativity is influenced around the strange experience the three sisters had when they went missing. Vivi, the middle daughter, she's heavily tattooed. She's really rebellious. She spends most of her time traveling with her band. And Iris, the youngest, is well-behaved, disciplined, does exactly what her mum asks of her. This tale begins when Grey disappears en route to meet with her two sisters, sending them into panic that this event is linked to their experience as young girls. All three sisters returned in their childhood from wherever they went missing with crescent moon-shaped scars on their necks. Somewhat different in appearance, they had a tendency to cling on to each other for dear life. And they're also in possession of the ability to sense where each other sister is or has been, which ultimately helps them when they attempt to see where their sister Grey is. This book has them unravelling the mystery of exactly who they are and what happened to them. This book got a three and a half stars out of five from me on Goodreads. Now, it offers such a great promise in terms of storyline. I've no regrets in reading it, just much like the book's title, in parts, it felt quite hollow. The story was original. I will absolutely give it that. It just felt like something was missing, mainly around the end of the story. When we are piecing together the mystery that has hung over the sisters for their entire life. What I will say, though, is it is a very different read. It's 
unpredictable, eerie, a great summer horror book. Perhaps maybe you could consider it a modern day fairy tale. Our podcast episode today is all about the ego and spirit. Before we get into that, I just wanted to let you know that we have a Litha gathering over on the Witches Institute on Patreon next week, Tuesday, 20th of June from 7.30pm BST. You can sign up to Patreon for just £6 per month, where each month you will receive a Patreon podcast episode, grimoire pages for the White Witch podcast, four hedge witch studies a month. These are grimoire pages based on a power animal, crystal, plant and tree, how you might wish to harness their energy, use them within your craft. We have a monthly meditation, folklore retelling, monthly coven gathering, and also optional access to the Literary Witches Coven, our book club, where we read a witchy book together each month. And we also have a separate meeting to discuss that book each month too. There is a ton of content on there spanning the last two years. And with Patreon, you can cancel at any point at the click of a button. I will add the details to the show notes if you wish to join us. By signing up, you also get discounts to buy my zins. And with Litha around the corner, you might be interested in my one called The Hedge Witch's Garden. Join me after the break to talk all about the ego and spirit. Welcome back. So I mentioned recently, I've really had some issues arise that link to shadow work. And I thought I could highlight some of these areas on the podcast for us to work on together. If you feel like they might be areas affecting you currently, or perhaps sometime down the line, a new experience might arise that might bring you back to this episode. One of the factors that really has affected me recently is ego and fear. As witches who work on our intentions, I wonder if this is something that comes up for you too when you are working with energy to make changes in your own life. Sometimes we want something to manifest for us. We can be close to getting it and fear or ego can send us running back to our comfort zone or self-sabotaging what we are aiming for. I am, as you know, by no means a psychologist, counsellor, qualified per se to talk about this, but I can give you an outline of all the research I've come across in different areas that resonate with me and present these to you to see if they might for you also. Some of this information will be in the form of quotes, ideas of my own, but I hope there will be something in here that's tangible that you can utilise. Some of this information might go off in a tangent into other areas around discipline, self-acceptance and the like, but I hope it might help. Sometimes when we have big intentions for our life, we have to do a lot of work on our ego and fear in order to reach what we want to achieve. This is where I've often felt challenged with some of my dreams because I haven't faced my fears enough to take the next step. I've quickly retreated to the old or taken a very smaller version of the dream that I wanted just to play it safe. I would often step into a very toxic masculine energy of my own with little room for surrendering unable to fully trust the universe would bring it together for me. Instead, I would be forcing what I wanted to come and it wouldn't always arrive in the best version of what I could have as I haven't surrendered and let it happen. 
In any given moment, we have two options, to step forward into growth or to step back into safety. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. That is a quote from Abraham Maslow. It's like this battle between ego and intuition that we are faced with in situations like this. The questions we ask ourselves can really demonstrate whether ego or intuition is at the helm. Ego asks, what if I fail? Intuition asks, what if I succeed? Ego asks, why is this happening to me? Intuition asks, what is the best result that can come out of this? Ego asks, I resonate with this one so heavily, can you guarantee I will get those results? If not, I'm not going to do it. This can often be one of the ways we might hold ourselves back when it comes to sometimes our passions, creative endeavors, relationships, but taking action on this might simply light us up. It might be a satisfying journey to creating something we are really proud of. I found some information on the different zones that we can find ourselves in when we decide to grow or remain the same. Perhaps you might identify with where you are now in relation to your intentions. Now, don't get me wrong, not everyone has to set big goals and the like. But one thing I know about me is if I have no goals, I have no direction, I'm unchallenged. And for me, that's often my one way ticket to coasting, feeling dissatisfied, or will see me trying to run to the pub and fall off the wagon. Because I'm not channeling my energy when I know I could be doing more with myself and the passion and potential that I have, that we all have. I am someone who has a very overactive mind. I overthink. I have to channel all the crazy amount of energy, simply channel my crazy into things. Or as my nan used to say, the devil makes work for idle hands. But she wasn't wrong. Me not steering my ship is a one-way ticket to fucked upville. And I have been there far too many times. Our brain without goals can often lead us to focus on what is wrong, to obsess over people and situations, to repeat the past and to create unnecessary stress and anxiety. So back to the zones that I mentioned. The comfort zone is where we feel a sense of control. We are unchallenged. It's an area of low risk, low reward, and low satisfaction. The next zone is the fear zone. This is when we have a fear of the unknown. We might complain frequently about where we are currently. We are affected by others' opinions, have low self-confidence, make excuses, focus on problems and obstacles. If we can move past the fear zone, we find ourselves in the learning zone. Here we acquire new skills, act despite fear, expand our comfort zone, develop confidence, increase our knowledge, identify emotions, see opportunities and face challenges. Hopefully next, we will find ourselves in the growth zone. This is where we begin to master new skills, find purpose, show willingness to learn, set ambitious goals, feel a greater sense of achievement, feel challenged, conquer objectives and embrace the unknown. It's all good and well carrying out a ritual or spells relating to an intention that I have. And often they can be wonderful ways for me to connect with my intention, especially connecting with the feeling I might have once I have achieved or received it. But very often our intentions ask us to step into a different version of ourselves to receive or achieve them. 
To have something you've never had, you need to do something you have never done, and that can require courage. So example, ego has come up in many different ways for me recently with intentions I've set. Firstly, with moving up north. It's a big move for me. My ego kept telling me strange stories, but when I write them down, they firstly have me cracking up, but I can also identify the old belief and narrative that they stem from, and I can start to understand what my ego is trying to protect me from. The first story was that I would become isolated and possibly struggle with my addiction issues even more because I'm in a new area and on my own. My intuition says to me, you are not on your own. The area you're moving to has even more AA groups than where you are currently. And you have more witchy friends you can meet and connect with in your new area. So you are likely to feel more connected than you do where you are currently. Plus, you've never stepped into any of those pubs in that area where you know the ones down here and old drinking partners like the back of your hand, which makes your old patterns even easier to continue if you were to stay. My ego tried to tell me if I move up north, I will never meet guys similar to my type. Danny Dyer wannabes who are a bit rough around the edges and originate from where I grew up. Ah, My intuition lovingly tells me that type hasn't worked out for you today. So it might be great for you to try meeting someone totally different. At least if you go on a dating site, it's fresh meat, not in that context, because you have been in the same area for around 10 years. So perhaps a change of environment might be good for you when it comes to dating. How you like them apples, huh? We all have those what ifs that come up for us even over the tiniest of decisions. It's how we move towards those fears that count. Sometimes just writing out those fears or the stories that are coming up for us can be so liberating to see them in black and white and for us to be able to counteract them with messages that our intuition gives to us. Eckhart Tolle says, the moment you become aware of the ego in you, it is strictly speaking, no longer the ego, but just an old conditioned mind pattern. Ego implies unawareness. Awareness and ego cannot coexist. If you have an intention you have set, especially if it is something that you really want to achieve or receive that feels like it requires a different version of you, one of my favorite ways to become that intention is to meet future me. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've actually achieved this recently with the intention I'd been working on with relocation. So with my move, I would visualize the house I wanted to be in once I managed to relocate. And the house I'm moving to has exactly the same layout as the house I visualized. The kitchen placement, the cabinets, the front room, the hall, the garden. But the house I'm moving into is even better than the house that I visualized. You might want to take yourself on a little journey to meet the version of you that has this intention secured already. It might be that you want to live a more witchy life and you find yourself journeying on the path of your front garden. You could walk up to the front door, knock and future you comes out to greet you, perhaps looking serene, happy, dressed like Stevie Nicks, adorned in witchy garb, and that's what you want. It can be any intention you desire, but by going to see yourself with it, you can connect with your higher self. By speaking with this version of you, it can help you hear messages from your intuition. This can help you manage your fears relating to your ego, 
that is simply just doing its job of trying to protect you. And the more you align with that version of you that has the intention, the more you can see you with it and connect with the vibrational energy you need to meet that intention. But you can use it as a tool to ask your higher self what steps they took to get there to give you guidance for the path ahead to your intention. When we have an intention, when we are trying to reach something and the energy feels needy, this is a state of the ego. Needing is when we find ourselves convinced we need something external to feel love, success, happiness, when our true self needs nothing to feel whole. It's a tricky balance when it comes to intentions and ego. It's working on surrendering, facing our fears, trusting. If you are trying to do anything with your time here on earth, it's likely you will often have to face this balance again and again for each new plan you might have. Ego has us out here chasing our tail, making us think similarly similarly to this quote, which I never know where it comes from, but here we go. Ego says, once everything falls into place, I'll feel peace. Spirit says, find your peace and then everything will fall into place. This always makes me think of an older member of my family who for her entire life has always believed that once she relocated, once she bought this, once this had happened, she would be happy. Yet she's forever been grasping for that next thing, that elusive happiness that comes with it, and it never occurs. This relates to how our ego works. According to the Instagram site, Laura the Woken Mind, our ego likes us to remain in the same loop, repeating the same cycle repeatedly because that feels comfortable to the ego. It is all it knows and it's safe to the egoic mind. Intuition asks us to make gradual changes in our life that lead towards our ongoing evolution, development and transcendence. Pure consciousness can see past the repeating cycles of the mind and urges you to move beyond what you think you know. So using this as an example, Me going for the same version of men over and over again, repeating the same pattern with Danny Dyer wannabes over and over again is comfortable for me. I know how the story goes. It doesn't take much bravery from me because I know the outcome will be the same each time if I'm really honest with myself and I see it as recycling. This is when we realize that when we start changing these patterns, we are going to be clashing with a lot of our old programming and patterns, and it's going to be fucking uncomfortable. And we are going to feel lost and vulnerable and have fear and ego will rise up to meet us. Perhaps by breaking down what we need to do to overcome these fears, perhaps by daily journaling to identify these fears, meeting with our future self to hear what nuggets of wisdom they might have to tell us can help us figure out how to get there and work through all the emotions that come through at the same time. Perhaps it's us taking the time to write out all the steps we might need to take to break the intention down. We might need to research what we want to achieve, maybe seek out mentors, people who have achieved what we want to achieve and look to them as inspiration or consider the path they took to do what we want to do. Maybe you're feeling flush, you might want to work with a life coach if you have the funds to do it, where specifically you set out with them what you are working on and wish to achieve and work through with them. Perhaps it's simply an accountability partner who you can report back to, 
or it's you on your own, on your Jack Jones, simply reporting back to yourself each week and just tracking how you are doing with this intention. So it feels more manageable. There is less room for fear or ego to start stepping in and taking over the show. Perhaps it's just spending 10 minutes a day because you are a full-time working parent or you are a student working a part-time job as well and that's all you can spare but it's still you showing up for that manifestation. Mel Robbins is someone I really like who has many quotes that we can call upon for this situation. She talks a lot on action. She's a very good podcast to listen to for this. Her first quote, the uncomfort zone is important because that's where you find the time to make your dream come true. And the second one, and I love this, start now, start where you are, start with fear, start with pain, start with doubt, start with your hands shaking, just start. If you had asked me what my goal was around seven years ago, it was to leave my abusive narcissistic partner. Although I was losing my hair through stress in the situation, I was seriously abusing alcohol. This is kind of where it all started because I was so unhappy. My ego was out here convincing me to stay as I would be financially stable and safer than trying to be a single working parent trying to juggle everything. Maybe your intentions look different. Maybe they relate to quitting something and you are here each. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Full moon, desperately wanting help to leave that shitty partner. Maybe you want to come out the closet. Maybe you want to come out the broom closet as a witch. Maybe you want to move out from your toxic family home. There's still an intention there and fear or ego can be even more at play. Not all intentions involve wealth, fancy cars, houses, romance. Sometimes our intention is just to get us into a situation that's healthy. So one of my favorite quotes is, and I told you we'd be going off on some tangents. I live alone with cats, books, pictures, fresh vegetables to cook, the garden, the hens to feed. And that is by Jeanette Winterson. I could have that as an intention for my life and my ego would be out here telling me, well, you can't garden and you're not going to keep the chickens alive. All our intentions are different, yet we will all kind of experience fears of not being able to accomplish them if they feel very challenging. Sometimes overwhelm and anxiety show up when we are working towards or close to that intention Recently, I felt like my head might explode with both. Ego is usually steering the ship when we experience loud mind chatter. This is from underscore Jake Woodard on Instagram. Ego will make us feel anxious, experience fear-based thinking, be reactive, needing to have control, the energy feels heavy, you feel limited, it feels forced, 
It's all about self and has a childish, bratty energy. Intuition feels like a deep inner knowing. It's often felt in the gut. It feels abundant, energizing. It feels like flow. It is considerate of others. You sit with the feeling. You surrender to the unknown. And it's like a wise older sibling. So another example of where I came up against the two was following going to Lincoln, I'd found my house. My ego went into overdrive, started telling me stories about how I could never fit into a little country village. I wouldn't meet anyone that liked me. Shit, it even had me out here convinced I needed to get back with one of my exes. Complete like regression. It was absolutely crazy. Made no sense. On a normal day, I would not think like this. I started looking at houses in my hometown again, convincing myself I couldn't do it. I was purely focused on myself and what I needed, the usual same old patterns. I'd completely forgotten any thoughts at the time of my daughter, how much she wanted to move to the area. And I adore my daughter. She's always at the forefront of everything. But my ego was running the show. My whole approach was bratty and hanging on to the past. Yet, when I let my intuition take the reins again, I felt calm. I could see all the potential. I remembered how long I'd wanted a house like this, an area like this, how much my daughter loved the area, how she wanted to start a a sick form there, how it would be a fresh start for us both. This move offers us far more opportunities than where we are currently. And I felt back in flow again. What I'm saying is our egos can deliver all kinds of crazy through fear in a attempt to protect us. And it can really have us out here believing it. Ultimately, ego is a filter we use to view the world around us. It is a collection of beliefs, desires, fears, ideas, and fantasies from the past. We end up putting these all together to create an identity for ourselves, to face the future, and it can block us from seeing life as it is and remaining in the present. Ego can be a negative narrative about ourselves that takes the reins and leads us to feel like a failure or worthless, creating negative expectations for our life and relationships. Ego's overall purpose is to protect us from the pain of the past, feel a sense of identity based on what people have told us about ourselves. It keeps us in familiar patterns because what the ego can predict makes the ego feel safe. It keeps us addicted to the feelings, thoughts and emotions we have experienced since childhood. It protects our inner child from things that are too painful to acknowledge and validates our unconscious beliefs and stories about who other people are. So two quotes that I'll refer to. The first is again by Eckhart Tolle. Ego is no more than this. Identification with form, which primarily means thought forms. And this is by Isira Sananda. The ego is a veil between what you think you are and what you actually are. You live under the illusion of the mind, totally unaware that you are directed by a great big load of stories. Lona Wolf is one of the best websites I have come across in relation to topics such as shadow work, ego, the dark night of the soul. This is from their website regarding the ego. The three main causes of our ego formation are primal protection, social conditioning and psychological security. To protect ourselves, we need a sense of self or ego. 
If we had no sense of self, there's nothing between us drowning, being hit by a car, eaten by a bear. We wouldn't be able to say this is me or this isn't me and differentiate ourselves from a toaster, a bus, a road and so on. In terms of social conditioning, if we had no ego to identify with, it would remove our ability to remain alive. Since childhood, we're taught that we're separate from others and life itself. As we grow up, we're taught to believe in and identify with the thoughts that run through our heads by those who model this behaviour around us. We're also taught to almost automatically adopt our family's belief systems and values, as well as society's wider definition of who we are or should be. As a result of being taught or conditioned to believe that we're separate individuals, we experience fear and suffering. Instead of simply experiencing life in its pure simplicity and wholeness, we filter life through our minds. And as we know, the mind loves to create division. Third is psychological security. As psychotherapist and author Matt Licata writes, ego is a process of dissociation and splitting of, to use psychological jargon, in the attempt to prevent overwhelming anxiety from pouring into conscious awareness. Or in more spiritual terminology, it is the attempt to keep us out of the otherwise naked reality of how open, unknown and groundless our lives truly are where anything could happen at any time. Other than protecting our physical bodies, the ego also protects us psychologically, like a shell that protects a chick. The ego keeps us contained and protected and yet simultaneously trapped. Imagine if a baby chick was left without a shell whilst its tender body was still forming. It wouldn't fare well at all and would probably die within an hour or less. In many ways, we're the same. We need that shell of the ego while our souls are still growing, evolving, maturing and deepening. Like a chick that needs a shell in order to break through it, we need to first form an ego in order to then transcend it. Not having some kind of ego structure would render the world a tremendously overwhelming place in which we would be paralysed to do anything. So, many spiritual teachers preach that the ego needs to be destroyed, but this is literally ego that wants to kill the ego. We do not want to remove the ego and the belief that we could or should is foolish Ego isn't good or bad, it's simply a case of how it is used. It can be a tool that we use and need to be able to function in the world. It's a biological, psychological and social survival tool. How else could we tell the difference between ourselves and the oncoming train or truck that's headed our way? We need our egos to live in this physical body. The ego is also crucial because it exists as a vehicle for our spiritual growth. You may have heard it said that the ego is an illusion. This is because the ego is forever changing and it holds no solidity or objectivity, therefore isn't really you. We cannot be a personality when we constantly transform and fluctuate. Who we are today isn't the same personality as five, ten years ago. We cannot be our emotions either for they ebb and flow and we have no real control over them. They cannot be planned or controlled. We cannot be our thoughts for they continuously change and we cannot consistently control our thoughts nor where they come from. We are not our beliefs. Our beliefs are unlikely to be what they were five, ten years ago. They will have likely changed across time as they are influenced by our change in society, conditioning and upbringing. 
We honor our memories that come and go and can be remembered differently. Our way of memorizing something can be subject to change, perhaps even a false memory. All that we can see and believe is really an illusion. It's changeable and lacks solidity. Our fundamental core is our spirit or consciousness, and this is the fabric of all things. At the core of everything is energy vibrating at different levels, as science demonstrates. We don't need to kill our ego, but we can quieten or calm it by connecting with our spirit, the version of us that has always been us. This can help us connect to and identify our thoughts and the space between them. Spirit or consciousness is powerful, peaceful, liberating, expansive, compassionate, pure. It is a loving state. Some ways we can connect more with spirit and also be aware of our ego are through meditation, breath work, mindfulness, dancing, exercise, a cathartic activity to release any repressed energy within us. Since I took up weightlifting, my anxiety has decreased so much, but it has also changed my old beliefs linked to the old narrative of myself. For example, I am unable to be disciplined. I will never be that gym girl. I am unable to lose weight. I stepped out of some of my related ego cycles and patterns when I began weightlifting after a lifetime of thinking I could never achieve certain levels of fitness. My intuition helped me towards making tiny steps that helped evolution in this area of my life. The more we take action towards changing one area of our life with tiny, consistent changes, this ultimately changes our confidence to achieve something long-term. Our belief system around what we are capable of improves because we now have solid evidence we can do it. Based on this experience, we have managed fear and intuitive changes, the more we face the fear and do it anyway, the more our confidence increases. And then we can apply that to different desires. We might even find ourselves taking on bigger intentions with a higher return as a result too. Shadow work and journaling are great ways for us to work through our fears and what our ego is telling us. Perhaps write down what you believe your ego is telling you. So the different stories, the old beliefs coming up, then see if you can sense what your intuition is telling you. You might need to give it some time following journaling on the ego side of things. So perhaps throughout the day, see if any intuitive messages come up for you. You might even want to meditate to see what messages your intuition will have for you too. Identify the fears. So for me, on the other side of the fear is always something fucking amazing and better than I ever could have hoped for. I'm beginning to recognize that usually a great reward is on the other side of me doing something I am scared of. In the area of shadow work and healing, there is one quote from haviadagba.com I wanted to share with you relating to ego and the soul. The ego says, if it hurts, cover it up, run away from it, numb it with addictions, avoid it at all costs. The soul says, if it hurts, then as hard as it is, see it, be present with it, Give it your love and compassion, for you cannot cut off part of yourself and feel whole. So some other ways that we have worked on our ego 
This is one since the dawn of time is connecting with our inner self through psychedelic shamanic plants and brews such as psilocybin mushrooms and ayahuasca. This is obviously a more extreme version, but this is on my bucket list within my lifetime. Yes, I would love to go to Costa Rica and have a ayahuasca retreat like ceremonies so one day which is one day i aim to bring that to the podcast these methods offer another doorway for us to connect with our universal spirit the ego isn't something we would want to or can kill but we can be mindful and aware of it untangling ourselves from the ego illusion through dedication self-discipline and patience. There is a quote that has stuck with me and perhaps it might you too. If your intentions relate to something in the public domain, perhaps something relating to creativity or really putting yourself out there and the fear of criticism, trolls, rejection, Anyway, I saw this on the wall of a really cute little tea shop in Lincoln recently. This has certainly become words that I live by. It's actually called The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt, but I have changed it to woman selfishly for myself. So here we go. It is not the critic who counts. Not the woman who points out how the strong woman stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends herself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if she fails, at least fails while daring greatly? So that her place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I first heard this on Brené Brown's show on Netflix called The Call to Courage. It resonated so much. You might want to watch that show if you want to feel inspired into taking action. So when I say Conor McGregor, you are likely to think of ego. Now, I love MMA fighting and there is a lot of ego in the industry. He exceeds it on that front. Now, he might seem a strange mentor for me to quote. He is like Marmite. I never, ever used to like him. I used to think he was really arrogant. But I've followed a lot of his career. I've watched a lot of his documentaries. And I find him fascinating because of his mindset. He is a guy who has come from nothing or nothing, as he says. What's his famous quote? You'll do nothing. You'll do fucking nothing. Or I love his other one when he said about, your wife's in me DMs. I'll see you at the after party, baby. I'll never do that again, don't worry. But anyway, Conor McGregor took up self-defense because he lived in a really rough neighborhood. He felt isolated and alone as a teenager. I'm just thinking to myself, what did you do at work today? I did a Conor McGregor impression and I put it out in the public domain. Anyway, his dad laughed at him when he told him he was going to be an MMA fighter. And now he is one of the highest paid athletes in the industry. Literally had zero platform to do what he does to propel him into what he has become. But aside from his jokey quotes, he does have some really humble and great ones. For example, this one. There's no talent here. This is hard work. This is obsession. 
Talent does not exist. We are all human beings. You could be anyone if you put in the time. You will reach the top. This is, I think, very much based on Einstein's quote, genius is 1% talent and 99% hard work. I'm not out here doing a Molly Mae trying to convince you that we've all got 24 hours in the day like Beyonce, by no means. It's just for me. Sometimes if you're telling me that I only need 1% talent, it just helps me think that I can actually do or achieve something that I want to. Like I said before, I am by no means qualified to be out here offering up serious psychological advice or motivation but what I can share is what resonates with me and hope that it might for you too. I would love it if this episode has inspired you, got your spirit opening up to what you might like to create, what intentions that you might revisit because you feel empowered, how you might tie this in with your spell work or rituals, perhaps working with the moon. There are so many different ways that we can integrate this into our witchy practice. As I shift into my new intentions that I've been working on, I am keen to be in a new space soon to create some other intentions. I already have some that are going to take a lot of fear facing, but I am game if you are. Let me leave you with one last wonderful mentors quote. This is by Stephen Bartlett. To get from a miserable place to a happy place, you have to be brave enough to travel through a scary, vulnerable, lonely place called uncertainty. Having the courage to choose uncertainty over certain misery is a happiness decision that will transform your life. And so it is. That is all I have for you today, witches. I hope that this has resonated. Last thing I was going to ask you, a cheeky little request. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you have enjoyed previous episodes, I'll be ever so grateful if you could leave me a review over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Ideally, a five-star review would be great. But yes, if you can just spend a few seconds, which is all it takes to leave me a review, if you'd be happy to leave me some kind words, even better. I will join you next week. Have a great week, witches. Sending you lots and lots of witchy love. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.